discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Popular Science reports, over the past several years, marijuana legislation has been sweeping across the U.S. In fact, as of April 2021, cannabis is legal for adults to use recreationally in 15 states as well as Washington, D.C., and medical marijuana is legal in 36 states. Given that cannabis is becoming more established as safe and accepted legally, this begs the question, is it possible to overdose on it? Fortunately, there's some good news. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has yet to report any deaths directly tied to excessive cannabis use. Further, marijuana is the most commonly used illicit drug in the United States. In fact, about half of U.S. adults have tried it at least once, and about one in five adults under age 25 say they have used it in the past month, according to a 2020 report from the National Institute on Drug Abuse. So, statistically, if there were even a tiny chance of fatality from using too much, we would know it by now. However, that doesn't mean it's not possible to overdo it. Popsci.com. Now, I don't know about you folks, but... Hold on. What was I about to say? Wait. Huh. I completely lost my train of thought. I have I no idea where I was going with this. You know, maybe I shouldn't have smoked so much for 420. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio. I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. At 4.20 p.m. on any given day, there's a marijuana user somewhere across the globe chuckling at the clock while lighting up a joint or packing in a glass pipe. The number 420 has become a secret code among potential roommates and people on dating websites, a way to covertly let someone know that they welcome marijuana into their home or love life. And April 20, 420, has become the unofficial stoner holiday, with marijuana legalization activists gathering from New Jersey to California and lighting up in protest. For decades, the number 420 has been 
been as big a part of cannabis culture as Chichen Chong or the image of a green pot leaf. Quote, We've already gotten to the point where you have corporate companies tweeting about 420 and other advertisements. It's gone that far, said David Bienenstock, a cannabis journalist and author. It's really transformed into this day of public celebration and a holiday for the cannabis community, which is actually a really important thing. Every culture and community needs that day of celebration, of being really visible, particularly a culture that has faced the oppression that weed smokers have faced, end quote. But many novices remain unaware. What does 420 mean? Where did 420 come from? Before we get into the history, let's debunk some of the myths surrounding 420. Myth number one. Police use the radio code 420 to report a marijuana smoking in progress. This is the most popular myth surrounding 420, but it's just that, a myth. While there are some standards, police codes differ by state, county, and local department, and not all of them use code number 420. In Las Vegas, police officers use 420 to call in a homicide. In San Francisco, it's a juvenile disturbance. While there may be a few police dispatchers in the United States who get a laugh out of assigning marijuana offenses to code number 420, they're the exception to the rule. Myth number two, there are 420 chemicals in marijuana. Nope. Most studies have determined that there are more than 500 compounds in a cannabis plant, though the number and type vary by strain. There are over 100 cannabinoids, the chemicals most often studied in order to determine the physical and mental effects of marijuana. Myth number three, 420 is Hitler's birthday. 420 is also Chinese language day, Star Trek actor George Takai's birthday, and the start of the Spanish-American War. The mass shooting at Columbine High School in Littleton, Colorado occurred on 420, 1999. But there are conflicting reports about the date choice. Some claim that the shooters were Nazi sympathizers and planned for the shooting to fall on Hitler's birthday. Others say it was simply a coincidence. But the number 420 was associated with marijuana long before the Columbine tragedy. So then, what's the real story? The legend begins in the mythical land of Northern California. Once upon a time, there were five friends smoking weed and sitting on top of a wall at San Rafael High School. The other students called them Waldos. Quote, We were just friendly, happy, funny guys, and somehow because of that, all these doors opened up for us all the time, said Waldo Steve Capper in an interview with the Reno Journal-Gazette. In the fall of 1971, the Waldos heard of a hidden patch of cannabis abandoned by a U.S. Coast Guardsman stationed nearby who was afraid he'd get busted. They decided to meet up at the school's statue of Louis Pasteur to get high and go on a weed treasure hunt, but they had to wait until after their various sports team practices and settled on a specific time, 4.20 p.m. They used the phrase 4.20 Louis to remind each other of their plans, eventually shortening it to simply 4.20. The phrase quickly grew beyond a reference to their futile search for the secret garden of weed. Instead, it was used as a covert way to talk about marijuana, who was selling it, who wanted to buy it, right under the nose of teachers, parents, and police officers. Quote, I could walk up to the Waldos and I'd go 420 and it was like mental
mental telepathy. They would know if I was saying, are you stoned? Do I look stoned? Do you have any? Do you want to go off and get stoned? Capper said. You could say 10 different things by saying 420, and it was just mutually understood all the time. End quote. So five hippies from California came up with 420? That's right. But you can thank the Grateful Dead for making it a commonplace term. Yes, that Grateful Dead. The band had recently relocated to San Rafael, and the Waldos had various connections. One of the kids' older brothers was a manager for bassist Phil Lesh's side project. Another one's father purchased real estate for them. They watched their dogs, were welcomed into their parties, and one of the Waldos even got a gig as a roadie for the band. The band picked up on the 420 habit, and soon after, so did the Deadheads. Well known for their particular interest in smoking weed before, during, and after shows. Nearly 20 years later, the phrase would get national attention after High Times magazine published a flyer that explained the code, and it called for all marijuana users to meet at a Marin County Overlook and light up a joint at 4.20 p.m. on April 20th. Quote, There's something magical about getting ripped at 4.20 when you know your brothers and sisters all over the country and even the planet are lighting up and toking up right along with you, the flyer read. Now there's something more grand than getting stoned at 4.20. Now we are talking about the day of celebration, the real time to get stoned, the grand master of all holidays, 4.20 or April 20th. This is when you must get the day off work or school, end quote. The first ever 4.20 celebration was born. There's no way this is true. Not only is the 4.20 story true, there's proof. The Waldo's website has multiple examples of how the number was an inside joke among their friends and at San Rafael High School. There are postmarked letters to each other, to friends, and to members of the Grateful Dead that make reference to the code. There's a tie-dye flag with 420 made in their art class. There's a school newspaper with a student simply stating 420 when asked what he'd say in front of his class. And in 2016, the Waldos tracked down retired U.S. Coast Guardsman Gary Newman more than 40 years after his time in San Rafael. He confirmed drawing up the treasure map that sparked the 420 legend. Quote, We never thought pot would be legal when we were kids. You had to do everything underground because we were criminals. Outlaws. End quote. DelawareOnline.com Yep, boy, things sure have changed, haven't they? Not only is pot legal in many places, so are potentially dangerous chemicals and largely untested biotechnologies administered through the tip of a needle. And if you're really lucky, you can get both of them for free, together, on the same day. Nexstar MediaWire reports, Marijuana activist groups are helping the vaccination drive Tuesday by giving adults a quote-unquote joint for a jab. The vaccination drives are taking place on 420, of course, in New York City, Washington, D.C., and other cities. Pro-legalization group D.C. Marijuana Justice is giving out free joints at vaccination centers across the District of Columbia Tuesday. DCMJ said they opted not to list the joints for jabs locations to avoid creating lines at vaccine sites. According to the group's website, quote, DC 
marijuana justice believes that cannabis can help heal the nation and strongly believes that you can help do your part in ending the pandemic by getting vaccinated and assisting others in getting vaccinated, end quote. In New York City, longtime AIDS activist group ACT UP NY is handing out free joints in Union Square to people who can prove they're fully vaccinated. Activist Dana Beal told Nextstar's WPIX, quote, The marijuana community supports the science behind the COVID vaccine, and what better way to encourage cannabis users to get vaccinated than to give out free pot, end quote. What inspired the group to put on their Joints for Jabs effort? Organizers told WPIX it was Krispy Kreme's recent promotion, offering free donuts to people who showed proof of vaccination. Other dispensaries across the country have put on similar programs to try to get people vaccinated. Michigan dispensary Greenhouse of Wald Lake is currently running a Pot for Shots program, which they extended through the end of April after the quote-unquote overwhelmingly positive response it saw in February. NXSTTV.com Right. Joints for jabs and pot for shots. Catchy sounding names. I do have one other quick story to share with you, and this comes from SF Weekly. Do you have any idea how many crazy things are still legal? For starters, bestiality is allowed in 15 states. Also, federal law guarantees every citizen the right to own a flamethrower, but only 10 states have decided that's one freedom they can do without. And this is truly just the tip of the iceberg. In Massachusetts, it's totally chill to give your child alcohol as long as you are in your own home. In West Virginia, nothing is stopping you from texting while driving as long as you are over 18 and possess a valid license. There's also technically no laws on the books in any state to specifically outlaw the act of cannibalism, though that one, like bestiality, is generally frowned upon. For the team at Monogram, a California cannabis brand best known for its famous founder, rapper Sean Carter, aka Jay-Z. These lenient attitudes stood in stark contrast to the drug laws also on the books in many of these same states. That's why, on March 1st, the company unveiled a PSA campaign featuring, quote, shockingly factual headlines set against the backdrop of eight striking portraits of individuals who have been charged for cannabis-related offenses, end quote. In a press release announcing the campaign, a quote from Carter makes it clear that he isn't planning to wait for change to arrive at his doorstep. Quote, cannabis laws are out of date and disproportionately cruel and punishing when compared to the rest of the legal code, Carter said. We still don't have proper regulation for texting and driving in Missouri, but staying home and smoking weed will get you locked up. I created this campaign to amplify the voices of those who have been penalized for the very same thing that venture capitalists are now prospering from with the emerging legal cannabis market, end quote. With plans for more to come, the initial cities chosen for the campaign included Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Miami, and San Francisco. Those trying to spot Monogram's PSA will find it pasted to the side of a building just past where Kate Street in 
intersects with I-80. It features a massive black and white photograph of a dapper black man, blunt in hand, at peace in a cloud of curling smoke, and the following message in bold capital letters. Quote, you can marry your first cousin in more states than you can buy recreational weed. End quote. As it turns out, 19 states currently allow for marriages between first cousins, while only 14 states have a legal recreational cannabis market. You can practically hear Jay-Z dropping the mic. But for those who can't read between the lines, Monogram spells it out. The press release states that the campaign aims to highlight the hypocrisies surrounding cannabis legislation, demonstrating, quote, just how antiquated these regulations are by juxtaposing them with far more divisive realities, depraved vices, or dangerous transgressions, from cannibalism to flamethrowing, each of which is still permitted in the eyes of local lawmakers, end quote. But beyond all the good intentions, the ads may also serve another purpose, functioning as a loophole for cannabis companies looking to skirt California's new ban on bud billboards. A recent lawsuit filed by a concerned parent resulted in a ruling that put the kibosh on cannabis billboard advertisements along highways that cross state lines. In San Francisco, the relevant roadways are I-80 and US-101. When one remembers that television commercials, social media campaigns, and other forms of pot promotion remain mostly off the table, it's easy to imagine why companies like Monogram might be on the hunt for clever workarounds. And considering the timing of Monogram's latest, coming shortly after the state ban was announced, one wonders if that is indeed what we are witnessing. Sam Kiewenfer, CEO of Milk Money Inc., the ad agency Monogram worked with on their latest campaign, addressed the issue of cannabis billboard restrictions in a statement. Quote, This entire conversation about what you can or cannot advertise based on how close a billboard is to a different state only further exemplifies the hypocrisies surrounding cannabis and the arbitrary nature of the borders and laws that govern the industry. End quote. Fair enough, but the question of whether billboards dedicated to a cannabis adjacent cause and carrying the name of a cannabis brand are different from ads directly plugging the products a brand sells has yet to be answered. In all likelihood, a California judge will one day be the judge of that. But whatever the outcome, Monogram's contribution to the visual tableau of the I-80 commute is a welcome dose of different, a metaphorical flamethrower spouting a white-hot plume of truth above a sea of gig economy boosterism, smartphone ads, and cloud computing solutions. SFweekly.com. And that's gonna do it for this one. Sorry to wrap this one up so soon, folks. But the clock on my wall says 418, so, you know, I don't want to be late. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Tuesday, April 20th, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.